the Hope Bound Podcast, and I'm your host, Danielle. But this podcast isn't about me, it's about you. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, would you mind introducing yourself and just tell us a little bit about you? No, not at all. Thank you for having me. So, my name is Christina, and I have started um, what I'm calling this Reload in Christ. And it's essentially taking my past traumas, offering hope and healing to women who are going through their own um, healing journey. So starting from the biggest place I'm coming from is I was in a really toxic marriage and um, going through one, identifying when you're in a toxic marriage, because I didn't realize it was as toxic as it was until after I left. Um, when it's okay to leave, because I was coming from a faith-based um, place where I was like, I was torn between my faith and my, and my relation, like being married, staying married, if you will. Sorry, I'm stumbling a little bit. And then also um, when you make that decision, the healing journey afterwards as to when, when you get divorced or when you leave a toxic relationship you go through all these series of um grief and hopelessness and it's also a very lonely journey because people unless you've been through it don't really understand and they ask questions from I think a good place but it's very triggering and almost makes you want to further isolate so it's like more of making awareness and um helping people know that they're not alone on this journey and then there is hope for healing and to find joy and get to a place where they're not just thriving not just surviving but thriving so much of what you just said resonates with me and my story and exactly what you know my goal is to show people that they're not alone first of all mm -hmm. and to try to create a little bit of a community where we can share our stories and understand that other people have been through it too Mm -hmm. And then also to understand that there is hope to get better and that it's okay to be where you are today. Yes. And, you know, tomorrow things can be different, but today it's okay. You accept where you are and you can move forward. Exactly. I often have this cliche, cliche, if you will, but one step, one moment, one breath at a time, because sometimes you're just in it breath by breath. And as long as you can take that next breath, you can keep moving forward and accept yeah. where you are offer yourself grace and because it's sometimes this journey of life can be very hard but at the same time it can be also very rewarding when you get to the other side so can I ask you what was the moment when you really realized that you were in a toxic relationship what was happening that kind of alerted you to that fact so first the biggest piece that I was fighting through is my ex-husband was a drug addict. So his uh, trying to manage that addiction. But I thought um, at the time, I thought him and my daughter had a really good relationship. And this is where I want to also add transparency to any moms who are trying to do the best for their kids. Sometimes your kids are really good at masking that you can't see through. Um, they're very resilient and they're also very adapted to essentially those survival skills to survive the situation. So I thought my daughter and her father had a really good relationship. Um, and I grew up without my dad. So I wanted to be 
um, I wanted to make sure they could keep their relationship. So I'm like, I was putting my own needs to the side and I was doing the best I could to hang on. And then I was also praying as to like, God, I know you can fix this situation. Like, I know you can heal the addiction. I know you can, I know you can, I know you can. Why aren't you? What else, what else is like, what, what am I missing if you will? And I got this like internal voice in me as to yes, I can, but I can't force him. He has to want it. And I'm like, eyes wide open. And then within the next few days, I saw something happened and I looked over at my daughter and that little mask cracked just a little bit. And I saw the pain in her eyes and I'm like, oh, we're done. <laughs> so I started taking the steps to separate. And then once after we separated, I started on this healing journey and I would find like articles would just kind of come into my presence of if you've experienced these things, you might have. And that's when I'm like, oh, this was a very toxic relationship. It wasn't just the addiction. There was a whole lot of other stuff going on because he had me so manipulated and turned around that I thought most of everything was my fault. <laughs> like it's, it's amazing how, when you're in that relationship, how crafty the other partner can be in getting what they want. And you don't realize it in the moment. Um, there was oftentimes that I was like, am I crazy? I swear it was this. And I started kind of journaling and then I would like kind of call out what I was seeing. And that would only make things worse it would so it was like so I knew something had to change I just didn't know what it was until I started on the healing journey afterwards you know that confusion that you talk about that's what had me just stuck to was what was portrayed to the world of course was very different than what occurred at home and you mm -hmm. know for me it was so much harder because I'm looking at who I think this person is and then all these things that are happening and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And the response usually was, you're crazy. That didn't happen. What are you talking about? No, you did that. This was your fault. You're the one who caused this problem. You know, no, this didn't work because you did something wrong. And like you're talking about, I got so, I was so manipulated that mm -hmm. I believed these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was the same thing for me. There's so many realizations that I've had since leaving that relationship where I'm like, this is not normal. Like this mm -hmm. was not okay. And, you know, one of the biggest ones that I, I realized was it took me some time to get this one, but it's a recent one was the realization that if you're pretending to be asleep because you're scared of what will happen when he walks in the room, that is not normal. Mm -hmm. That was one that I lived with for years and it took me so long to realize like this is not normal. This does mm -hmm. not happen in a healthy relationship. And, you know, looking back now, I can see where that's not healthy. But at the time, it was self-preservation like you're talking about. And, yes. you know, with the kids, you're in survival mode. You don't really know everything that's going on. You just know you need to get through right now this moment. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, to relate to that, it was like, I remember when my ex-husband's addiction was at its worst and we've had conversations since I had to complete cut, 
I had to cut complete contact because even after we separated, when I was trying to be cordial, um, he was still manipulating. So until I complete cut complete contact, it wasn't until I started to truly be able to heal. So even though we've been separated for three years, it's just, I, it's like, I just started my healing journey a year ago. Well, and I think that that is a really good point too. You know, both of us had that same experience and I know most women do. And it helps so much to have someone else who you can talk to about this. When I got into counseling, I was able to sit and to talk through even some of the text messages. I would read them to the counselor and ask the counselor for feedback because I needed someone who was outside of the situation, who mm -hmm. could read the words for what they were, who knew the situation, but didn't it wasn't emotionally charged for her. And so she was able to help me to kind of decipher what some of the messages really meant. And then I actually, about just over a year ago, I got into a, a local support group for victims of domestic violence. And that has been really helpful too, because when one of us is struggling with an issue, we can bring it forward and say, hey, I don't know how to handle this. Like, am I still in that state of confusion where I'm just not seeing things clearly and having outside perspective, it is extremely helpful. And if you, you know, for women that are currently in relationships, if they find themselves in a position of not having people to ask, mm -hmm. that in itself is a huge red flag. Because yeah. if you don't have someone you can trust, the question is, why do you not have someone some people really do isolate themselves, but I feel like that's really rare for a person to disconnect from everyone. It's typically that outside influences cause them to withdraw or cause them to, to not have those strong relationships. And so for me, isolation is like the number one huge red flag that there is a problem and something needs to change. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even still, I'm, I'm that socially awkward person. I have a really hard time building, like when I start to get close with someone, I have no issue with building relationship, but like in social settings, I'm so social, so socially awkward that it's like, I won't talk to people unless they talk to me first. And, um, I always kind of feel like I'm that, that outsider and disconnected. So the moments that I've been isolated, I thought that was normal. Like, I thought that was just me. Like, I'm like, that's, it's just who I am. Nobody likes, like, that whole pity party. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Yeah. But then it's like, um, I'm realizing it was, I was never giving myself the option because he was feeding on those self-doubts that I had and essentially speaking to them and saying, yeah, nobody else, um, nobody else will like you, like, if, one of the things, if we ever separated, like if you ever left me, nobody else would ever be able to love you. You're too hard to, you're too, you're too, you're too fill in the blank. Like, yep. <laughs> um, and the other red flag, and I don't know if anybody else has ever had this happen. And it didn't hit me until just recently. And he said it so many years ago, but it was like, you should count yourself. We were in a disagreement about something. I was probably trying to stand my ground and he didn't like it, but he was like, well, you're lucky. I, 
you're lucky I don't beat you. Most wives are get beaten every day. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, that's not true. But I believed him at the time. I'm like, is that true? Do most? And I'm like, again, another form of manipulation. I'm lucky because this is all I get. Like I deserved it. And nobody deserves to be treated that way ever. It's this like fight or flight. Mm -hmm. So it's, do I really want to risk losing everything or do I just want to try and get through it? And so you can't think rationally to really think through the situation and look at it from a more practical or reasonable standpoint. And I think that's what, that's what gets us in a position of, you know, being abused in a lot of cases is that once you get in those situations, it becomes harder and harder for you. And you start to just live in survival mode. Mm-hmm. So you don't think through it. You just think, how do I get through this to the next thing? Yeah. And when you're in survival mode, like a lot of the work that I've done since has a lot to do with working with your nervous system. So when you're in that constant fight or flight, yeah, you're just looking for the next safe place. Your brain wants to keep you safe. So what's the next safe place? What's the next safe place? But then when you can step back and get into your parasympathetic nervous system, so you're, you're rest and digest, you're, you're in a safe place, then you can actually start thinking clearly and come up with a plan of solution. So yeah, it's funny that, not haha funny, but it's just kind of ironic how you get stuck in this cycle of just survival and you don't know how you're going to get out and you can't even take that moment to take that deep breath um so you can get into your rational brain and actually think through as to okay what's the next best steps so knowing this now if I can offer tools and suggestions even when people are still in that toxic to say okay like try and take these five minutes to meditate to get into that grounded state, to let solutions come to you because that's when you're actually open to hearing. So like if you're of faith and you're praying um, or whatever your belief system is, like you get to that quiet voice, you hear that inner, inner dialogue that gives you the wisdom that you already have inside you. You just don't know how to access when you're in that constant, where's my next breath coming from and how am I gonna survive this? And so I, I totally agree with you. If someone is in a relationship like that, they need to be able to sit back. And I would say even try to get a night away, like a mm-hmm. night of clarity, just go be by yourself, turn off the phone. Because if you try to do that and you've got someone who's manipulative, they're going to message you all night while you're gone mm-hmm. or call you or whatever, or show up. Um, And so that in itself is a good indication. If you can't have a little space and a little time to think, there's a problem. You need to be able to have that space and you need to be able to quiet your soul and just think. And one thing that I, I find really helpful that, you know, as I was starting my healing process, someone said to me, a problem well defined is half solved. So when you're sitting in this mess and you don't know what the problem is, you can't figure out what to do. Right. 
But if you can define the problem, this is what's happening, this is not okay, this needs to change, then you're halfway to the solution already. So mm -hmm. just taking that time to define the problem, to understand the issues, you're halfway there. Yeah, because awareness is key. If you're not aware, and it's unfortunate of how many people are stuck in misery and they don't need to be because, because of the manipulation, because they don't realize that something is wrong and something needs to change. Yeah, they don't, they know something's wrong, but they don't know what the problem is. So yeah, in order to fix a problem, in order to change anything, you need to be aware of it first. So like awareness is like the first step of anything. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with me. I'm excited to see that you have found your voice and that you are moving forward in that and that you're moving into something that you feel called to do and passionate about. And that, you know, this painful experience is now becoming a pillar of your strength. Thank you so much for joining us today. Together, we're hope bound. You belong here.